I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm good. I am just so, I can't believe it's fall. I, it's my favorite month, though, so. That's good. I'm excited to be uh, doing all the fall things right now. So why is October your favorite month? Well, we talked about how I love the transition of seasons, right? But Yes, you do. Um, I just think October is so beautiful in central New York. It is. It, it's amazing. Now, it's, it's kind of rainy today. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to knock down some of the leaves. But it, this past Sunday, we were driving. I, my son, Tim, and I were taking my parents home from our every... Uh, we always take one Sunday in the fall, and, and our church just has a church service out at, at Pratt's Falls Park in the Camp Rockway Shelter. So we <laughs> maintained the, the numbers that we needed to and did all of our social distancing and that type of thing. But, mm-hmm. but we were taking my parents home. And my parents, too, they just said, we just live in the most beautiful place around Mm -hmm. because the leaves were just starting to turn and it was beautiful yeah i'm looking right out from where i'm recording right now i'm looking at outside just a a beautiful tree um that the color is just so amazing on it right now and i i as much as i I love spring i love summer but i just i think it's so beautiful this time of year up here and i so i don't have it burning right now but i did have a candle burning in my office harvest apple cider oh yeah ah see there and it says it's blended with crisp apple type like wow it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's all part of this autumnal time yes i will be making all the apple desserts (laughs) this month we i love doing like an apple cake and apple bread and apple pie all the Apple crisp. Yeah. Oh, I love apple. Yes. All the apple. Warm apple crisp mm-hmm. with some vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. Apple sauce. Ah, apple cider. Apple sauce. Yep. Now I'm hungry. Hard apple cider. No, yeah. we, okay. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been home with my kids for so many months. That's a definite yes. <laughs> so this is not the Food Network. This isn't CNY Eats. This is the next page. So we're going to talk about what would be the next page of the post that I wrote today mm-hmm. or that went out today. So I'm, we're at, we're at um, part three of the four dimensions of leadership. And, and this one, this one, you know, is, is really my favorite mm-hmm. because it's side-by-side leadership. So just to refresh our, our listeners' memories. So the first one was you know, inside out leadership. And that's where the leader has to be highly intentional about growing and developing so that they have something to give. You you can't give what you don't have. And then part two was outside in, which was the, the leader being highly intentional in in making sure that the their team members are are trained. And we actually talked about having individual education programs for each employee. And, and we, we shared some simple ways to do that. So if you missed it, go back and listen to, to episode 172. But this is episode 173. And this is the reason why I love side by side is it's really when it's the personal side of leadership. It's coming alongside your team member and really helping them become the best version of themselves. And, and one of the, so as I was writing this and I was struggling earlier in the week, how do I, how do I write this? I, this imagery came up in a story that, so my dad grew up on a dairy farm 
in central Ohio. And one of the stories that I love, I love to have my dad tell any stories about the draft horses on the farm. So again, it was a dairy farm. Um, my grandpa had tractors. It's not that he needed horses, but he loved horses. So he had Belgian draft horses. And before we started, you, you looked up these horses. So why don't you yeah. describe to our listeners what you saw when you, when you looked up Belgian draft horses? So at first I thought, oh yeah, these look big. Then I saw a picture of one next to a person and they are enormous. They're massive. I could not, I've never seen one of these before. They're beautiful. Oh, they are. Yeah. So a Belgian draft horse is going to be a chestnut color. It's going to be brown. Um, most of the time, if I if I remember right, they have a lighter, like almost a, a light tan, blondish mane and tail. Um, to give people an idea, so my dad used to tell say that my grandpa would show him this. My grandfather would get a bushel basket, and he would take one of the horse's legs and stick its its leg with the hoof in the bottom of the bushel basket. And there's some, the way a Belgian is, is they've got this hair that kind of grows over their, their hoof mm -hmm. and it would fill, completely fill the bottom of the bushel basket. That's just how big their feet are. But they're actually gentle giants. Like they are the, the calmest, sweetest, most gentle horses. I, I said, mentioned to you before we hit record, I think the bigger the horses, the more gentle they are. The littler the horses, they're just like mean, nasty. <laughs> it's kind of like dogs, you know? Mm -hmm. You could get a little tiny dog that is the most annoying, nippy, nasty kind of dog, but you'll get a, like a St. Bernard or a Newfoundland hound, and they're like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yes. I'm just going to sit here drooling, right? Mm -hmm. Very calm. Kids can climb all over them. It's the same with horses. So the, the imagery, the story that I remembered was my dad talking about the fact that the way my grandfather would train his horses, he had, he had one older mare that just understood how to pull perfectly. When you put her in a harness, she knew exactly what to do. And grandpa would take the younger mare that was just, just starting to be able to go into a harness. And, and the two that my dad would always talk about were Babe and Bonnie. Babe was the older one. Bonnie was the younger one. And, and I thought about this image of the two horses being in harness together. And, and, and Grandpa never made them work very, very hard, other than the time they had to pull the, the tractors out of the snowdrift. And maybe we'll have time for that. But, um, but he would use them just to pull hay wagons and things because they needed some exercise. And, and at the beginning, probably Babe did all the pulling. And slowly, as Bonnie would mature, Bonnie began to start pulling her fair share. And probably at some point, as a younger horse pulled more than Babe did. But she learned how to work by being in harness with the more mature, um, better trained horse. Mm -hmm. And then I started wondering, I wonder what kind of communications those horses had. I bet you there was a lot of, bon of Babe just encouraging Bonnie to, you can do it. You can do it. And maybe sometimes when Bonnie would struggle in the harness, you know, Babe might give her a snort and say, hey, back up, slow down. Don't try to do this on your own. You're going to fail. You're going to tire out. So I think there was, it just, and people are saying, Dave, you're nuts. You're talking about horses communicating? Yeah, I think they do. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the example that I had. And it, to me, it just was so um, warm. 
Yeah. And and like this this friendly inviting imagery. That's what side by side leadership is. Mm-hmm. It's coming alongside people. It's coaching. It's mentoring. It's helping them see things that they wouldn't see without your help. So I I, I passed along to you kind of a note page mm-hmm. of of some of my notes and and. So I, I kind of want to refresh our, our listeners because we've talked about coaching and mentoring in the past, but coaching is when you're just asking probing questions to raise the team member's awareness of things. Mentoring is when you share your skills and experiences. So they're very different, but they're both side-by-side leadership. And another way to look at it would be the um, you become a thinking partner for your team member. You're helping them express themselves. We, you know, we, we, we talked about, um, maybe we didn't. So I'm thinking at some point I probably did. But when, when we are not aware of things, they control us. So, you know, um, before, and I won't get into it because I don't want to say something that you may not want to said. But when you talked about a, a situation that created a fear within you, mm-hmm. a fear that you still struggle with. And so... The reality is that if if we don't understand the root of the fears or we don't even know that they're there, they control us. And yet, if someone can help us develop an awareness of what exactly is going on, we now take control of that rather than our fears controlling us. We talked about this back in the spring when we were all, so to speak, under lockdown, that fear is a symptom of our thoughts. And if we change the thoughts, we change the person. So if a person can change their thinking, they can change. That's side-by-side leadership. How do I help you think through what might be behind your inability to deal with this issue or your reluctance to talk with this person? We shine the light of awareness. The fear kind of goes away. So, the um. The coaching piece, too, also needs to follow um, uh, an area where you're looking for at this person. You're saying, you know, what, what's their potential? Am I seeing something in them that they don't see in themselves? How do I get them to see that? This is all done side by side. You know, where are they struggling? And, and I really think that if we think about it, the leader is better positioned to help a struggling team member when they step away from the leadership role, so to speak, and they come alongside them. Because now it's a friend. Yeah. It's not the boss. I, w- I was going to mention that too. It almost sounds like you, you step aside from that supervisory part of the role. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're literally stepping away from the supervisor role to come alongside to help. And, and, and the other thing that you can do, so for instance, if I see a team member struggling, I'm only assuming I know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. When I come alongside them, I can know what's going on. We can have the conversations and I can just determine, is this, does this situation warrant coaching? Mm-hmm. Is there a skill set that's missing? Is there an aptitude that's missing, which would mean... This poor person's in the wrong job, and we need to get them somewhere else in the organization. Those are all things that you can only realize 
when you come alongside them. Because from the top, if you think about from the supervisory piece, we're looking from a distance. Mm-hmm. When we come alongside them, we're actually seeing how they're reacting and, and how they're dealing with things on a very, very personal level. We also then can realize, is the person even capable? There are people that are just in the wrong job within our organizations. If someone would say to me, David, you need to do Marissa's job. I'm like, uh-uh, it's not <laughs> happening. I'm not capable of doing that. It doesn't matter what degree a person has. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much experience they've had in a certain area, how many years. You know, if they haven't been growing, they just have relived the same day. And we've talked about that before. There's an aptitude. There's a giftedness mm-hmm. that we have to take into consideration. And then I heard this, this um, acronym once using coach the the word the letters in coach the c is for caring for the people that you lead do you really care for them the o is for observing them you know i'm just i'm not not observing with a critical eye observing with an empowering eye how what could i add that could take them to the next level a is for awareness c was for communicate and h is to help them see I, I was actually on a, I did a training yesterday um, with one of our member companies and, and the CEO of the company was sharing how he had a coach that used to continually ask him questions that sometimes would annoy him. And he used this example. He said, you know, one day my coach came in and I was talking about the fact that, you know, these departments are just throwing things over the wall to another department. Well, we've, we've all heard that, you know, they threw the project over the wall. And, and the coach would just say, tell me about that wall. What's it look like? Where is it? How tall is it? And when you just start asking those, and he said, you know, I got so frustrated when he'd ask me those questions, but I knew what he was doing. There was no wall. How do we make sure that our teams know there is a wall? So that's the type of thing that, that comes out of a good coaching session. Um, I also made a note here about the, the coaching model, the grow model for coaching. There's, there's another one that, that, that I use that's too hard to explain. But the GROW model is simple. You're just thinking GROW. What's the goal? What's the reality that we're at, the current reality now? What are the options that we have? And what is the way forward that we're going to pick? So we have a goal. Where, are we, where do we want to go? What kind of change do we want to see? Where are we now? That current reality piece is huge. What could we do? And then from those options, which one will we choose? That's your way forward. So that's the coaching piece. And to me, it's the purest form of side-by-side leadership. Mentoring's a little bit different, just adding different things. You're, a mentor shares a lot from their past. A coach doesn't. A coach asks a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um. Acting like a mentor, mentors should set people up for success. You know, I th- thinking of Babe and Bonnie, I think that um, Babe probably made Bonnie feel like she could do better work or bigger work than she was actually doing. And then over time, Bonnie probably got so strong that she took most of the load that Babe would have to pull, or at least a lot of it. Just helping people do better work, creating the right environment for people to do better work. And, and, and I, this note that I put in here, don't give them answers, give them questions. What's the, 
why would we say asking questions rather than giving answers is better? What are your thoughts? I think it helps someone find their own answers. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Was was it Marcus Buckingham that that um and I pro- we probably did a podcast about this almost a year ago. Um that the best way for a person to learn is to allow them to discover it from within themselves. Mm-hmm. Because if we give them feedback, so this this is another great example of of side by side. So Marcus Buckingham said that they actually did studies where they set up, uh, they attached, hooked a person up to a functional MRI, which they're literally in real time seeing what the brain is doing. Mm -hmm. And when they gave someone feedback and phrased it as feedback, I'd like to give you some feedback on this meeting we just had. The same parts of the brain fired as when the person was being faced with a physical threat. Mm Mm-hmm. So we don't want feedback. We want to learn. We need to learn. But we need to help a person discover it from within themselves. And then they learn it. So that's, again, this, the, the beauty of side-by-side leadership. Just helping them see. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, giving them permission to learn, right? I mean, right. you say, like, all right, I'm in, I want you to try this out. And then, you know, you would know pretty quickly if you, if you did it if it was successful or unsuccessful and can that, that's your own feedback instead of someone else saying, well, let me tell you what you should have done or what, you right. know, what you could have done. Um, exactly. It becomes exactly. quite obvious <laughs> if it worked out yeah. or if it didn't. Exactly. And it was a learning opportunity. So, right. So what do you think we missed? Did we miss anything? I mean, you and I have had conversations about this, but I don't, did we miss anything? So, you know, I know you said that this is your favorite of of yes. the three, and I know I mm. haven't been fully educated on the fourth one yet. Um, but this, to me, it doesn't surprise me that this is your favorite. But this, to me, seems like it might be the most challenging because you know the first one was really focused on the leader, the second right. one was really focused on the other person. Yes, and this really is truly side by side right and it's it's two people and um it's like this you know kind of like an agreement right like right i want you to be my coach or my mentor um and it's it um, to me seems intimidating because you know i don't do this professionally like you do right you you are a coach you are a mentor to people so where would be like a good place to just start, right? I mean, we've got the acronyms, we've talked about coaching mm-hmm. and mentoring, but like for someone who is new to this and thinking like, yeah, I've got someone I want to come alongside, sure. where, where could sure. you start? So the first thing you do is, is you, you start by building the relationship. Mm-hmm. So just to give you an idea what I mean by that, um, when I started at MACNE, I needed to increase revenues to pay for myself. So any coaching opportunity that presented itself, I took. Mm -hmm. I quickly realized that if a person doesn't want to grow or change, there's no coach in the world that can get them to do it. So that's why I say you need to start with a relationship. Mm -hmm. Find, you know, work on building a relationship with that person where they begin to see you as a friend, not just a boss. And you know, when you said that, that I'm a professional at this, well, a professional just means you get paid to do it. You are doing the same thing. You are coaching and mentoring already, 
when you are helping coworkers do things differently, mm-hmm. do things better. I mean, you mentor me quite a bit in in how I should say things, how I should word things. Um, you know, there's there's change. You make changes to what I write in a way that, and that's a mentoring piece. You're showing me. I think this is where you need to say this. This is how you should say it. Um, so you're doing it already. But for the person to start, build a relationship, and then you can start. I. The other thing is, so it's, it is the most rewarding for me as dimension of leadership. It's also the most frustrating. That's, you know, I was thinking that exactly. I'm like, this seems kind of frustrating. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating when you come alongside a person and you try whatever you can to help them see. And you sometimes just aren't successful. You know, when you think you can tap into, it's like you, you think you found the area to open up their awareness. You think you found the questions that you need to ask. And they still don't get it. And, and it isn't that, so it could be that I'm not the right person. That could be. Um, it also could be that they don't want to see it. Because I think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've seen it where people just, you know, they would, they're more comfortable putting up with their bad situation than they are willing to get out of their comfort zone for the opportunity that the next one could be better. And that's tragic. Mm-hmm. But it's actually human nature. You know, we, we have a phrase that, that we have in society that says the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. That's a way of saying I'd rather just be stuck where I am because the new situation could be worse. No, it could be amazing if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone. We always say that everything we want in life is just outside our comfort zone. Just very few people get out of their comfort zone. So that's the downside of side-by-side leadership. The upside is amazing when when you know and my wife can tell when when i come home from a coaching session and i see this person when the lights go on Mm -hmm. it's so exciting and when you can and and i don't think i've maybe i've talked about in the past but i had a coaching client that this was like a three-month thing where the the way this client viewed his boss completely changed and so the relationship started to be built with the boss and then the produ- and then the productivity the creativity to the point that the sky's the limit as to what this person can accomplish in this organization just because they were willing to look at the owner through a different lens that's exciting that's the awareness piece so it's it can be super super rewarding super fun and man, you can like beat your head against the wall and it's less painful when, when <laughs> you see this person not being willing to just look at reality. Mm-hmm. And again, it could simply be that I haven't figured out the questions. But I do the best I can. And thankfully, you get so many more wins than bad sessions that you just say, this is really and that's why I love side-by-side leadership. 
Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What else did I miss? Mm, I don't know. I mean, we, we covered a lot, and I think I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it, thinking about kind of like the formal application, but then the informal mm-hmm. application. Oh, and- yeah. Yeah. So, the, like... Yes, far the, more informal yeah, than formal. Yeah, yeah. It's everywhere mm-hmm. in our organizations. It's everywhere in our, in our, our social circles, mm-hmm. our faith communities, our schools. You know, just coming alongside people and helping them discover opportunity within themselves. Mm-hmm. Which kind of rolls us to the next one, which is upside down leadership. Yeah, I don't know where that one's going yet. <laughs> that will be that's going to be a surprise. I really people will be completely surprised by that one. Okay. How's that? I can't wait. But it offers us and I didn't know what to call it and I'm still not sold on the title that Mark Cole gave it. Mhm. But it will really speak to some of our listeners. Let's just say that. Cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So here's also for our listeners. um, Live to lead is Friday. Yeah. And you still have time. Mm -hmm. I can't either. You still have time to sign up for Live to Lead. Just follow the link in the podcast description. Mm -hmm. Or macne.org. We have it right. Or go to macne.org. You've done Mm -hmm. a beautiful job of having that be a huge banner that shows up there. Mm -hmm. You're going to get last year's content you're going to get this year's content for 72 hours it's going to start streaming at nine in the morning you're going to get that content for 72 hours so you can you know you can you can use it on two devices not more than that because they got to make sure people aren't like just sending this link to everybody in their organization Mm -hmm. you know but you can watch it you can take it home you can show it to your family or your friends over the weekend in your home You get 72 hours. So please, trust me, you will not regret investing in yourself. That's all I got. Awesome. That's a lot. It's a lot to think about. So do you have any bucket list items that you're dealing with or dealing with? Dealing with. (laughs) That that you are embracing. That's a better word, right? Embracing this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we will. I haven't quite decided what we will um you know last we've had some weekends where it's been too summer like to do the fall things that i want to do so um i think we're finally ready to decorate for fall now Mm, that it's a little bit cooler so that's on the list um i think it's i you know i'm finally ready to make some of those apple desserts and um probably none of the pumpkin based activities yet mm. still a little early for that but a little early for that okay. you know we've got that okay. we've got the apple based activities we've got the pumpkin sure. based activities some things um will be a little bit closer to halloween i've kind of you know we've got a few things that i'm ready to do so um Good. the girls are, are still loving it and it keeps us from just sitting around all day or exactly. you know wasting our weekends so yeah um yeah, we're we'll do some of those this weekend for sure. That's super. Just loving life. That's yeah. Perfect. How about you? Well, I think 
I think a couple of my boys and I are going to go fishing. Nice. Saturday on Oneida Lake. Right. You know, the old boat works so well now that we I, better use it yeah. before the water turns solid, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just get a couple more times. Yeah. We'll see. Good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. <laughs> <laughs>